It's time for Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now let's have some fun. Here is your host, Johnny, Johnny Radio. Johnny Radio. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome into a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio, hanging out with Brian Dacus all day long, all day strong. What a beautiful Monday. We not we don't have just one NFL football game tonight. We have two bad games tonight. We got, of course, the, the Packers. They're in New York facing the New York Giants, the G-Men. We're going to watch a little, little of that tonight. And also, the Fish. Are hosting the Titans, so we still got a little action in the National Football League. But buddy, we had a lot of stuff go on this weekend. We saw Patrick Mahomes cry like a baby. We saw a horrible player raced by an idiot in Kadarius Tony. I'm going to talk a little bit about this. I got a feeling that you know Patrick. Honestly, you know, um, I don't think his anger was totally, completely at the officials. Like he lost his mind. Because Kadarius Tony lined up offside. Don't forget also, though, by the way, you know they were in a legal formation. So they, you know, basically had two penalties on one play. The play by Travis Kelsey was straight up awesome. He threw the ball back to Kadarius Tony, who ran in for a touchdown. It was going to be beautiful. We were going to see Josh Allen and the Bills with a minute left to see if they can go out there and answer. But Kadarius Tony lined up way offsides. And the thing is, I think Patrick Mahomes just wants to yell at Kadarius Tony, but he kind of can't because Kadarius Tony, a lot of people forget, he's still got a little leeway. You remember the week one, three drops against the Lions? That's check. That, that's strike one. This lining up offside, strike two. But I think he gets three strikes because let's remember the fourth quarter that he had in the Super Bowl last year. Who scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter to give them a 28-27 to lead? That would be Kadarius Toney. Who then, after a three and out, when Kansas City stopped the Eagles and they punted the ball, returned the longest punt in NFL history down to the five-yard line and set up another touchdown for the Kansas City Chiefs to get that bad boy you know, in lock. That would be Kadarius Toney. But I think Kadarius Tony gets one more strike with Patrick. Instead of him going after the officials, he's going to go straight up after Kadarius Tony. And we've seen these things from Kadarius Tony. But we got a lot of things. What did you think about that, by the way, Dacus? Like, did you care about Kadarius? I mean, did you think Patrick Mahomes, when you watched that game, were you oh, more I upset? Oh, I did so I can't answer this question. Oh, you didn't see any of, like, you don't know about him lining up all sides. I know, I know Patrick Mahomes is mad, but that's all I know. Oh, so you didn't see him whine like a baby. Well, no. I just kind of think a lot of people who've been out there going, oh, the whole world finally now saw Patrick Mahomes is such a baby. Come on, man. You watch I mean, the quarterback. It much different without Eric Bieniemy, uh, you know, the offensive coordinator. I mean, it's just, you know, Pat Mahomes needs him. I don't know. I don't know if it's much as that is, or I've seen this before, because we talk about Patrick Mahomes got his bag. And when you're a successful football team, you draft later down in the draft. They've been very successful. They got two chips. Old people, I mean, um, veterans have left. Of course, you lose, lost Tyreek Hill. And now you look at this team, 
And Patrick's got to pretty much do it all. Travis Kelsey doesn't look like the same Travis Kelsey. He's uh, he's in love, John. It's not that. I think it's just he he just got a lot of tread on them tires. He doesn't look the exact same. I mean, is Travis Kelsey damn good? Yes. Is he the absolute freak that he has been throughout his Hall of Fame career? Not quite right now. Something just doesn't seem quite right. Long season. But I think it's the, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. You look at this receiving core and they're not bad they're not like they're not like man they scare me yeah they're not they're they're nothing to like they're not world beaters they're not they're not a wide receiver Rasheed group Rice oh, is I do like Rasheed the Rice. best player bar Rice. none at the wide receiver yeah no this is position a, and he's you know he's he's a second round pick who's a rookie this year out of SMU well, second round um, I'm just saying what I'm saying. He's a rookie, and he's your number one go-to wide receiver. Right. No, this is not a uh, this is not a Super Bowl. Almost a World Series. It's not a Super Bowl wide receiving core. But Patrick's going to have to get it done. We've seen Marquez Valdez Scantling make have some bad drops this year. Kadarius Tony do a bunch of dumb things. But um, we're going to talk a little NFL football today. About twelve o'clock, we're going to jump deep up into the NFL. You know we're going to talk about them Tigers, man. I am so fired up about the Tigers. Uh, what a big win. They dropped Texas A&M like a bad habit. David Jones, JQ, Javon Quinterly. We're going to talk tons of Tigers at 1130 today. We also got to talk about possibly getting another player on this team. We'll find out what's going on with Brown. We'll talk all this stuff at 11.30 with Terry Davis. Terry Davis, touchdown, Terry D. We're going to talk to him again at 11.30. Tigers, ESPN, NFL games tonight all over the place with two NFL football games. NFL, 12 o'clock. We also had this little thing, a Heisman. And you know bowl season's coming up. Starts this Saturday. You had an Army-Navy game, which was pretty crazy and wild. We got to talk about Shohei Itani. He's leaving the Angels. He's joining the Dodgers. And he's getting $700 million. Whoa, Shohei getting that bag. Well, it is time to talk with my good buddy, Jake Crane. You know him as now a super TV star. What's up, movie star? How you doing, Jake? Oh, man, I, I don't know about all that, but uh, just doing really well. And, you know, uh, re- ready for some college football to be back on. Bro, the Lady Ballers just keeps growing. It's like becoming a cult damn, like, I mean, this is getting, I mean, it's, it's wild. I never in a million years had expected it when you were talking about this coming out, like it catching this much fire. Yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's been insane. I mean, it's the number one streaming movie in America. It's, you know, set, set all the records at the Daily Wire. And, uh, look, I, I guess I didn't do too bad. That's the way I looked at it. But, I mean, I think it's such an, an obvious you know, issue with, with the men and women's sports stuff. And nobody's made a comedy like this since, you know, dodgeball and, and you know, the era we grew up in, right? right. Wedding crashes, stuff like that. Nobody's, everybody's afraid to make that movie. So, you know, we did our best and, and obviously it's, uh, it's turned out pretty well. So uh, we're, we're very proud of it. Well, not only is he a movie star and you got to go check out Lady Ballers, people. I'm telling you, you'll laugh your ass off. He's also the <laughs> host of Crane and Company, him and Blaine and David Cohn, they tear things up. They do um, they do a hell of a job. I check it out every morning. Uh, right now, you're taking a little break. I take it. Yeah, we uh, we're back live tomorrow. Uh, had a couple days, you know, after the movie release and stuff like that. Um, you know, still promoting it and stuff, obviously. But uh, yeah, we're back live in the morning, 
6.30 a.m. Central. You know, obviously a lot to talk about, and, and you know, it never really ends. All right. Well, now um, I get the, I get the first take of uh, Jay Crane for the week on a Monday. What did you think about the Heisman ceremony? Um, I think everybody got it right. thought there was a little bit of like some slander out there for some Jaden Daniels talking about the only reason he had all those numbers because that defense was so bad and he always had to have shootouts. But what did you think about yeah, the Heisman yeah. ceremony, et cetera? Well, look, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a long TV show that, you know, really only about 30 seconds of it, of it matters. But it, you had to give it to Jaden Daniels, right? Uh, I think there was, there was only a couple guys. They could have reached out and grabbed it from him. I think Bo Nix had an opportunity there at the end. Not that Michael Penix didn't, but but when you look at the numbers uh, and, and you look at kind of the Heisman moments, right? Not, not that Penix didn't play big in big games. He did that. Uh, but this was a year where nobody really took it from the guy that had the best numbers and the guy who I thought was the most electric player in college football. And, and I actually like to flip that slander on his head. It's harder to go out there and do it when you know and the other team knows the only thing they have to do is stop you. Uh, it, it, it you know, makes the path to victory a lot more narrow. It makes you a lot more predictable on what you're going to have to do. It makes you have to be ultra-aggressive, which can lead to errors. But they showed up week in and week out. And, I mean, Jaden's what, his worst game was against Florida State, where he threw for like over 350 and ran for over 100. I, I think this year uh, it, it needed to go to Jaden Daniels because nobody really took it from him at the end. I saw, of course, watching Crane and Company as I do. I saw y'all talk about Malik Neighbors and Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, my goodness, I thought it was interesting. I didn't even realize how amazing Malik Neighbors' numbers are. I mean, my man has more receptions, yeah. more yards, uh, more touchdowns, same t- same amount of touchdowns, and they both average 18 yards down the field. Um, is it because it's Marvin Harrison Jr.? How come Malik Neighbors didn't get his love? Yeah, listen, if it was a contest of who's going to be the first guy drafted at that position, then yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. should win it. And Marvin had a great year, right? But Malik Neighbors went, he, what, had 20 more receptions than, than Marvin Harrison Jr. did? I mean, when you look at the output, at, at the the elite of the elite, which is what Marvin uh, Harrison Jr. and obviously Malik Neighbors are, Malik Neighbors had better numbers. Uh, and it wasn't like Marvin Harrison Jr. didn't have help, you know, uh, beside him. You have Buka, you had Stover, you had Fleming, Kyle McCord, I mean, he threw for 3,200 yards. He's not the best quarterback in the country, but he wasn't, you know, just, just a bag of donuts out there running around. So uh, I, I was surprised at that. Uh, again, if it's an award that goes to the, the number one guy taken off the board by the NFL, then Marvin should have got it. But that's not what the award should be. Man, um, this week, believe it or not, man, I, I mean, Army-Navy was pretty much all you got. And it was kind of yeah. – um, yeah. it was a little bit painful Some like through some stretches – but damn, the way that game ended, that that was pretty nuts, wasn't it? Man, that was the most Army Navy thing ever. And, and yes, I'm already having yard line. Yeah, like it's a hundred percent the most Army Navy thing ever. Uh, if you had that that, that over under was was like at twenty seven and a half, and it moved up to twenty eight and a half right before the game. Betting that game was wild. Uh, but look, I, I, I'm already having withdrawals. Uh, I'm ready for it to get here. We're going to have a big slate of bowl games, I believe, on the sixteenth. Uh, we get a decent amount of games, and then it'll kind of start rolling from there. Uh, you'll get a constant flow. But, man, it's just amazing how fast the season flies by. It always does this. Yeah, and we got bowl games starting uh, this Saturday, so I'm a little bit fired up. Yeah. Things are about to start kicking off. Now, um, got to know right now, you've been looking at them already. Just want to get a little early feel. Everybody is already still feeling it and thinking about it. Alabama. Going against Michigan, that's uh, the one versus the four. Of course, this is the third year that Harbaugh's had his boys there. 
and right now they haven't won a game. Uh, right now, I really like the way Alabama's been playing. I think Milro could be the difference. What do you all think over there at Crane and Company? Well, man, the more I look at this game, the worse I feel about it for Michigan. I, I just feel like this is stylistically this just isn't a great matchup. Because, you know, how many times during the season did Michigan go against a quarterback uh, that's as elusive as Jalen Milrow that can extend the play uh, as well as Jalen Milrow can from, in, from outside the pocket and inside the pocket uh, and is a very effective runner? I mean, Maryland, right? And little two, and then they put up 24, Right, and, and I, w- I would put Bam over Maryland by, by a pretty wide margin. So uh, I, the question is, defensively, can Alabama keep from getting smushed by Michigan? I think they're good enough up front to be able to, to you know, make Michigan have to earn first downs, not just get three and a half yards every time they line up and run power. So, man, again, I, I just think athletic-wise on the outside, you've got to give the edge to Alabama, even though this isn't one of their uh, best teams from a, a elite wide receiver standpoint. There's no Jamison Williams or Devontae, uh, but they got some guys that can do it. Bond's a good player. We know Burton uh, has shown up in big moments. I just, I'm telling you, Johnny Radio, J.J. McCarthy is going to have to going to have to do some things running the ball in this game. Well, I'll He's tell you one thing: to. last four games, I haven't been I've been paying attention to J.J. McCarthy. I mean, against Iowa, very pedestrian. I know they had the game in hand, but didn't even throw for 150 yards. Um, I mean, the beginning of the season when they were playing terrible, terrible competition, it seemed like that Michigan passion game was on. Now that they've been playing a little bit, you know, playing Iowa's and Ohio yeah. State's, that offense to me, their passing game looks weak. Yeah, and J.J. McCarthy's gotten away with some things, you know, down the stretch uh, that I don't think you're going to get away with against Alabama. And I think one of the most underrated parts of this matchup that nobody's talking about is how well Alabama's secondary tackles. Kool-Aid and Terrion, all those guys, they tackle really, really well. What does that do? That eliminates that humongous run for Michigan, that explosive play. I don't know how many explosive plays Michigan is going to be able to get through the air. Now, I will say, even without Zinner, Michigan's got one of the top offensive lines in the country. Uh, Alabama couldn't get to Quinn Ewers earlier in the year. I know that was week two, uh, but if they can't get to him, uh, I think they, they may struggle to get to J.J., and I think it actually could be a saving grace, the passing game, because I'm telling you, you're not going to get – I know Auburn was able to do it uh, a couple times. I just I don't see Michigan being able to line up and do it. That game's just weird in the Iron Bowl. So, uh, again, J.J. McCarthy's leg. Right, that's going to be the element that that makes everything equal. That gets a hat on a hat. Michigan's going to have to find a way to do that, especially in the red zone. And also, uh, again, you know, we talked about the passage attack. I feel like Burton's always open, and it feels like Milrose figured out if he can get him the ball, he's going to make the play. Um, I, I don't know, man. I just really, really like this Alabama team over Michigan. Yeah. Now the well, other, well, go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say. I mean, sometimes it seems like he's always open because he has eight seconds to run his route because Milrow extends the play for so long. It's a good I mean, damn it, point. It, uh, it, you can't cover guys for seven, eight seconds at this level. And when it turns out into the scramble drill, Alabama's one, in the, uh, one of the best in the country at it. So it's a big advantage for Bama. Texas and Washington, this one is a tough one to pick. Um, everybody's been doubting Washington all year. Uh, you know uh, Dunze on the outside is absolutely filthy. Texas is pretty nasty themselves. Who has the edge? The, the boys in Vegas have right now Texas a four-point favorite over Washington. Yeah, look, it, I, I love the over in this game. I think it started out at 64-and-a-half. You know, you, you look at Texas, the way the secondary was playing going into the Texas Tech game, and obviously they look good against Texas Tech. But this, this isn't Texas Tech. Like, like if, if Texas is going to be mediocre against the pass, Washington is going to score a lot of points. Because Michael Penix, 
He can throw to every area of the field with his arm strength, and they, they pass the run. They kind of pitch backwards overall. Uh, and Texas is going to have to tackle in space, and we know how talented that three-headed monster McMillan and Polk and, and Rome is. So you, you look at Texas's side, it, again, the games are won and lost up front, right? It, regardless of what style you run, what system you run, they're won and lost up front. I just think that Texas's front seven has a better chance to get to Pennix than Washington's front seven uh, has to get to yours. And if that happens, we know the type of firepower that Texas has. Uh, we know what Stark can do, especially given long periods of time, dialing stuff up, having mm-hmm. counters to what he ran during the year. Uh, but again, it's going to come down to whose pass rush can get home the most. There's going to be a lot of passes thrown in this game. I have to lean on Texas. Washington's offensive line really impressed me against Oregon. Punched above their weight all year, man. They punched him, but not that they were bad coming in, but but I didn't expect them to be this. I mean, they, he's one of the least sacked guys in the country. Now, now I will say, he gets rid of the ball really, really quick. Mm-hmm. Really, really quickly. Um, so, so that's another thing you, you got to remember. They kind of supplement their run game with that quick passing game. And, but like I think you said it earlier, like the Washington offensive line, so impressed me thoroughly all year. Always been punching above their weight. It's like you said. I think it's that defensive front. I don't know if they can get to Quinn Ewers. You leave him open all day. Those wide receivers are going to be wide, wide open for, for sure. And you've had time to get healthy. Guys are feeling fresh. They got their legs back. I believe this game's being played on turf. It's being played on turf. They're going to be running. They're going to be running left and right. It's, it's going to be a, a fireworks display. It is going to be a fun game. Over sixty-four and a half is what uh, Jay Crane says. Speaking of that, we got two NFL football games tonight. They're both terrible. I mean, you got the the Packers at the Giants and the Titans. Helpless Titans going to play the Dolphins. Uh, the lines are a little bit large. You got what fourteen points that the uh, Fish are favored over the Titans, and I think the Packers are right now six and a half. Yeah, I, I, I got it at six. Look, I, I I think the under in the Packers Giants game at thirty seven. Why not? You know, I mean, what, what do you got to lose there? Look, it just can I say this, Johnny Radio? I, man, the NFL is kind of tough to watch lately. If we're going to be honest, it's kind of a tough watch more than it's not with some of these teams this year. Um, and again tonight, I mean, there's been more you know clunkers on Thursday night football and Monday night football, and then you know you kind of look yesterday and. It's just, I, I don't know, man. It's been a weird year in the NFL, but, man, I, I don't think you'd be crazy taking the Dolphins uh, minus the 14 or buying it down to minus 13 and a half. But I do like the under in the Packers Giants at 37. Yeah, Tennessee Titans this year, terrible on the road. They're 0-6. They just don't get it done. And that, that, that Dolphins team, they can explode on you at any time. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, you got Tyreek Hill and, and the rest of the, the Globinots they got running around there. Uh, you're going to be able to score. All right, you got to do me a huge favor. Tell everybody where they can find your show, where they can find Lady Ballers, where they can follow you on Twitter. Yeah, man, it's easy. Uh, if you like to watch your sports media shows, however, you, however you you know consume it, uh, go to YouTube. It's Crane and Company, C R A I N and Company. Same thing if you listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And yeah, go to the Daily Wire Plus. Download uh, Lady Ballers. It's, it's the number one streaming movie in America. It's um, it's just been amazing, man. So uh, yeah, go check it out. And if you don't want to just see two people scream at each other and uh, have fake takes, I'm telling you, do this in the morning. Put it on your TV. I do it every morning. It's the best show out there. Jake, man, thank you for your time. Be blessed, my friend. Thank you so much, Johnny Radio. Y'all be good. That is Jake Crane from Crane & Company. Now, we are going to take an early timeout because I can't wait to talk with Terry Davis because we're getting up in this Tiger basketball team. They got a big game, man. Clemson, already in the top 25, 
now goes undefeated. The AP is going to come out today. We're going to find out if the Tigers can sneak up in that joint. They've gone from uh, 70 in the net in a week to 40 in the net. Come on, Tigers. Come on, Tigers. Go. And we're also going to see where uh, Clemson is going to be because, damn, dude, they are playing really good basketball. Tigers played them on Saturday. But there's all kinds of rumors right now around the Tiger program. We're going to address them all on the other side. But I do have to remind you it's a big week. Not only Tiger hoops, not only does bowl season start on Saturday, but Thursday, you can come shoot some guns with me at Top Gun Memphis. That is correct. I'm going to be out there from 11 to 1. The lanes, you come out there and say you heard it on Sports 56, you're here to shoot with Johnny. You get to shoot on your lanes for free. You just bring your gun, buy your ammo, bang, 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 bang. You can rent a gun. You can get the machine gun packages. While you're out there, also get the ultimate Christmas gift, the fully automatic machine gun package for only $89. That includes three different machine guns, ammo, range safety officer, and, of course, a shooting lane, all for just $89. See you Thursday at Top Gun Memphis. Witten Road with the machine gun package. We're giving a late Liberty Bowl tickets. We got all kinds of goodies. Come on out and join me this Thursday. Tiger Talk on the other side. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. All the wisdom of the universe is in these bones. <laughs> now back to Sports 56 Happy Hour. On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM, here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio, hanging out with Brian Dacus. It's 1130 on a Monday. Talking with Terry Davis, Terry D five one five on the Twitter. Joins me every single Monday. We talk Tigers and Grizzlies. What's up, TD? What is up, my brother? Man, feeling pretty good. Two road games, two road wins. Is anybody playing the point guard position right now better than um, JQ? No, no, no. Hey, before we get started, man, I want to send a special shout out to the University of Memphis rugby team. They was in Houston yesterday. I flew with them back last night. They lost the national championship game, but I just want to send them a shout-out for being number two in the nation. Damn, they finished second in the nation? Second in the nation, yeah. That is just absolutely wild. That's uh, I didn't even know about that. That's awesome. You were down in Houston for it? Yeah. No, I was in Houston for I was in College Station. You know where I was at. Oh, but you just kind of you know scurried on over? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know how they go. In and out. You know how they go. You know how I do it. Man, well, the atmosphere this Saturday was absolutely ridiculous. We were watching the uh, rail, the Yale leaders do their thing and all the students do their thing, and the Tigers just came out and punched them right in the face. David Jones was dropping haymakers in the first half. JQ was smooth in the second. TD, you were there. Talk about it. You know what's weird? You know, because it was almost like it was a trimester game. You know, you know when Jones was doing up, I said, "Man, somebody need to help Jones out." Then it was like a wrestling match, and he tag team, uh, tag JQ. Then JQ took it over. Then in the third, in the third phase, man, then he tag team Mills. Then Mills hit the big shot. It was those like, threes were big. Exactly, A and M had no weapon for that because even when they tried to take Jones out, you know the Tigers had an answer for them. 
you know, and despite Malcolm getting the foul trouble and wasn't that, you know, wasn't a big factor, the guys, they did the things that they didn't do at BCU was rebound. They did the things that they didn't do at Ole Miss is not let the opponent make threes. That was the best two halves they put together all season. And that shows you the glimpse of what they can be. And if they can get Brown on the same page, it shows you how good this team really could be. They definitely could be really good. Um, Penny teams are always better at the end of the year, later in the year. I think um, I'm looking forward. I'm excited. But damn, dude, I just still can't believe how well – like these individual performances have been all in the same game. I mean, that first half from David Jones, my man was just saying that I'm putting this bad boy on my shoulders, get out my way, and he delivered. I mean, he dropped three-pointers. He was getting to the rack. He was grabbing yeah. boards. There was nothing this man couldn't do in that first half. And he was, it wasn't like he was once being guarded. It was, you know, the, the tires were moving the ball around. And they would just give him little glimpses of, of the open look. And he took advantage of it. And he hit big shots. You know, now if you can get Walton on that same page and you got a quartet out there, you know, you might not need a big man out there. So you can just outscore everybody. But that was a great game because the, from beginning to end, those guys never were panicked or phased by that crowd. Not at all. And um, their defense, I mean, we're talking about, like, JQ's performance offensively in the second half. Caleb Mills hitting those big threes. David Jones going completely ham in the first half, 21 points. Um, but their defense, I mean, Wade Taylor, he's the SEC uh, preseason player of the year. He didn't do jack. I mean, that defense went out there and said, um, we're going to stop you today. And they did. And they just, I mean, it was against just DePaul on Wednesday where this team made 14 three-pointers. They they were all I mean they they you got to give them a lot of credit they defended the three point line really well. You, you know what and they both players you know JQ and Jones they both said the same thing you know last couple games we just need to stick to the game plan we need to stick to the game plan and Penny I think he gave them a little trust and he he gave them the game plan and they just stuck it out and it shows you how great defensively those guys are Mills I keep telling everybody he's one of the better defenders. In the nation, but you know he will probably won't get no credit for that. And Jones, he's not a great defender, but he can he can handle his own. And believe it or not, Walton, that that guy, he does a lot of stuff off the ball that's really good. And, and you didn't bring in Hardaway for his five to ten minutes. He do a game. He just they just do the little things well when they when they execute them well. And like I said, they can continue to play like that. You know they got a top ten team coming in this week in Clemson. You know, if they're not ranked today, they will be ranked after next week. Sure, I think they were already in the top twenty-five. Heck, they might be in the top fifteen the way they've been playing undefeated. I'm talking about, I'm talking about Memphis. Oh, Memphis, yeah. I hope Memphis is going to get in. I I'm hope about, so. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get in today because you know because they they don't have still don't have any respect because entering to uh, the game against a uh, and uh, they were still seventy-one in the net and like sixty something in the uh, RPI. So that that win actually you know catapulted them. But I think they're gonna have to beat Clemson at home this Saturday for them to get some snips of and some votes, you know, into the top twenty-five. All right, now I got to ask you one thing since we're talking about their defense and we're talking about them, we're giving them a ton of Tiger love, uh, and th- they definitely deserve it. You know what I mean? They, that was a huge game on the road. They won two this week. I mean, they were down against VCU, came back, pulled that bad boy out. Um, they did. They took care of business from the jump. But there's one thing that just can drives me crazy when I'm watching the game. They'll play great defense. Ten seconds will be in the shot clock. They'll throw the ball out to the front court, fifty feet away from the basketball, 
and then we run out there and then they just dribble right by us and get to the rack with an easy damn you know opportunity why do they go out there like why do you have to go all the way out there and defend him 50 50 feet from the damn goal you know what i think they they be trying to do too much you know because i think they be trying to they just don't think sometimes you gotta have that good basketball iq you got a no game situation you know, let a guy shoot the ball from 35 feet. If he hit it, he hit it. You know, when you play. Yeah, I want him that shot. Don't give him that. I mean, don't, because you go out there 50 feet, and then all of a sudden he just dribbles around you and gets right, right. to the rack or drops it off for an easy dish and a dunk. Because when you got, when you're that far out, you have the, you have that angle game, but the closer you are to the basket, you reduce that angle. So you let him go out there by himself 30 yards. If he comes driving at you, you can cut off his angle. So it's all about basketball IQ. People know that, a good point guard know that. If I pull the first one, I pull you away from the basket. The more room I got to operate. Yep, and um, damn, that's just one of the little things with defense that drives me crazy. And then the other thing that drives me crazy, and I'm not, and again, I'm very happy. But when I'm screaming at the television because they miss more bunnies and layups on fast break of points, like this is the worst, like the worst fast breaking team that likes to run at finishing I've ever seen. I know it's early in the season, but how many can, at the at the damn rim can they miss? You know what, man? I thought I was the only one that saw that, man, because they missed a lot at the rim, man. They missed so many easy bunnies at the rim because I, you know what happened is they expect they're going to get fouled, and sometimes they don't get the calls. Because, mm-hmm. like, yesterday, they didn't get a lot of calls. And, and, BCU, and the, they didn't get a lot of calls when they went to the rack. In, in the BCU game, I think the ref really dictated what happened to them because they called, like, four fouls in the first minute of the second half. And BCU was shooting one and one like 13 minutes left in the game. So that kind of dictated them because, and they weren't getting a lot of calls too. So a lot of time when they go to the rack, they don't get fouled. And I think a lot of time they go into the rack, they're expecting foul instead of just trying to finish at the rim. And that's one of their biggest problems. They, they anticipating a foul call, which they're not going to get most of the time because they got to realize they play for Memphis. They're not going to always get foul calls. Yeah, and um, they're trying to figure things out. I mean, again, a very, very amazing game from David Jones. He finished with 29 points. He had five threes, had seven boards. JQ is playing out his mind, 24 points, five assists. The big thing is he only had one turnover. Um, I mean, again, great game, extremely excited. Uh, did also want to bring up, though, we need to know, like, what's up with Mr. Brown? Is Jordan Brown, like, what are you hearing from about him? Okay, basically – you know, you know, it's not official that he's not playing another minute with the Memphis. Uh, I think it, it might be another one of those situations where he don't like his role and he thinks he may, you know, need to do be more integral in the offense. But it, he doesn't make it easy on these guys. You know, he he he's coming up, but the competition is not the same. He was able to dominate the the weaker opponents. But you're not going to be able to dominate when you come up a level. It's not like he was playing the power fives on a regular basis and he was dominating. He was dominating guys that he was bigger than and he was more powerful than. And then they didn't have the, the wherewithal to, you know, to, to, get, to bit him. So if he just comes in and just post up, make himself big on the block and make easy, make the shots he can make instead of throwing himself up and hoping it can go in, he'll have a more successful year. Man, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, what do you think, though? Do you think he comes back, or is he, or is he going to be bouncing? In my opinion, this is it, he. This is his last year in college. It's not like he can hit the transfer port and go somewhere else. It's not like he's going to be a pro prospect and he can go play for a G League uh, starting in November because he, he can't do that because he's in college. He's going to have to wait 
way into the spring. So his best, uh, best, best out is to go back to Memphis. Suck and it play. up, Buttercup. Yeah, just suck it up and, and, and just enjoy the ride because this is your last year in college. So you might as well enjoy it and go from there. It's your perspective. It's how you look at things, man. Yeah, go out there and try and enjoy yourself, man, and uh, be a part of this team. I think it's going to be a pretty damn good one. But God forbid there's nothing that goes on. He doesn't want to play with us anymore. What about Tomlin? Uh, Naquan Tomlin, Kansas State's released him. He's now out there. He's available. We didn't get Dre, and that was sad, but that does leave one scholarship. Is there any chance he fills that role? You know what? I think as much as Penny would want to bring him in, you, you would they, would they would mess with the chemistry, and I think you would like Ooh. to have him. I don't but, know. I like. You know, I need a. I like a fighter. <laughs> yeah, I like a fighter too. But you need you need chemistry too. True. 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 You know, and you know this team is something like it's slowly getting the chemistry together, and I don't know if that if that one piece is going to help them or hurt them more. You know, on paper it might it might help them, but chemistry wise, I don't know because you know we can't ask Penn about him because he's he, you know he's not one of his players. But only Penny Penny always thinks he can bring the good out of everybody, but sometimes good sometimes it's better to leave something out and get better than to add something to it. Sometimes, like, you know, you make that good old, uh, I don't know, stew or gumbo or whatever. It's perfect. You don't need to add a little extra seasoning. And sometimes you put too much seasoning in it and ruin the whole dish. Now, but uh, for the other side of people who are a little bit worried because, you know, Malcolm still does have foul issues. I mean, he was gone pretty damn early. (laughs) Um, You know, he had his fourth foul in the first minute of the second half, and then he came back in and fouled out. Uh, 47 seconds. For, yeah, 47 seconds. seconds, man. I'm just like, damn, it doesn't take him long to get a foul. <laughs> he got two fouls in a minute and eight seconds. He played, what, I think he played like two minutes in the second half. <laughs> it's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, it really is. He did have seven big boards. Um, I thought, you know, I mean, when he's out there and he's, you know, not fouling, you know, or yeah. he's pulling down boards, you're good with him. But that that is one, you know, reason I guess you would say, you know, bringing another forward, somebody with a little bit of length. What do you think yeah. about what Nick Jordan is doing? I thought he played. He does the little things. I think you were the first person to tell me, like, just watch. He's going to be out there doing all the stuff that you need to do to be successful. Defense, setting screens, grabbing boards, um, just, you know, you know, dishing things out and finishing when he gets opportunities at the rim. He actually finishes at the rim. Yeah, he finished at the rim. Nick Jordan's biggest problem is he's not a great jumper and he has good body size. Because if he had better body size, he could jump a little bit better. He would average about three more rebounds, but he does the best he can do with what he has. He reminds me a lot of Brandon Clark. He does all those little things, but it's not nothing great. But you need all those little things to be effective and win. So those little glue thing he does, especially his defense, his defense is, is top-notch. He's a really good defensive player. So it's all those little things he does. You don't expect him to score, and, and everything you get from the score from him is just great. What do you think about Walton right now? Where is he at? Um, coming off the bench, started the season, fire. I mean, my man was scorching from downtown, still just struggling to shoot the basketball. Um, and finish, and you know he's got such a great stroke. Uh, everything okay over there with Walton and his world? I think I think Walton has uh, got a little confidence issues. I think he needs to, instead of shooting from the three a little bit, I think he needs to bring the mid-range game in. Mid-range game until he gets confidence back. But defensively and running the offense, he's doing everything mm-hmm. Penny wants him to do. Uh, other than scoring, he's doing everything that he needs to do. But, 
but he know he can finish. But once he gets it going, I think it, 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 you, you're, you're going to see the difference because as much as Jones is, is the go-to man and he's the man with the Tigers, as far as upside, Walton has a bigger upside than uh, Jones does. Seems like also Penny's trying to give uh, you know my man my little guy uh, the little guard uh, Jalen Young trying to give him a little little, little minutes yeah. here and there trying to build his confidence. Where do you do, where do you see him by the end of the season? He, he does. He's doing. He's playing his role to the T. You know, JQ's going out there. You know, taking a little break, and he gives him his breather. And you know, JQ he had an excellent game. He only had like one turnover and. He does what he needs to do. Young can come in there and run the show when he needs to, and he can also come out there and run with JQ when he needs to. But his role right now is to make sure that JQ is averagely rest and he can finish those games out. You know, that's one thing Memphis need to learn how to do. They need to learn how to close that game because that, that last minute and a half, they scared the heck out of me because that shouldn't have been that close. Man, Tiger just like to get your heart rate up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's all. That's all. But man, uh, it was man. That was just such a good game. Um, everything seems to be working out. Tigers got a big one though against Clemson. Um, they need a little time off. That like Penny said yesterday, this is a team that's been on the road for a while. Yeah, and you know they hadn't been they, they hadn't been to Memphis in over a month. And I, you know I don't want to sound like a coach, you know Coach Stansberry, but we need all eighteen thousand in there, or at least fifteen thousand there this Saturday for return a Clemson, a top 10 team, and then they come right back and play Virginia. So, And then they, Vanderbilt. They, we got three games points. before Christmas. Between now right. and Christmas, we got three games at the house. Right. And and you got two top 25 teams coming in here, Virginia Tech, Virginia and Clemson. Both of, those, both of those teams are slated to go to the NCAA tournament. You know, I'm not saying Memphis is going to win both of them, but if Memphis uh, win both of those games, that's going to really, you know, solidify their, their – their, their ranking positioning come come April, come March. Mm-mm-mm. Terry, tell me a little something else, man. Uh, you know there's a Grizzlies game tonight. I've been so excited about the Tigers. kind of hard to get off of them, talk about the Grizzlies, who still 1-9 at home but have been playing a lot better lately. They do have the Mavericks tonight. Uh, good news. I think one of their superstars is out. What you got with Mavs and Grizz? Uh, no, no Kyrie and maybe no Grant Williams and hopefully – you know, that Luke will be by himself. You know, the Luke, Luke didn't uh, play last week, last time the Memphis played at Dallas, and Memphis beat them. If they can do that, Memphis can win. And like I said, you got four more games until Jaw gets back. Next two, the Jaws get back. And I think this team will be a whole lot better. Dude, uh, Desmond Bain's been playing out his mind lately. All-star uh, level. All-star man. level. I don't even know what I mean. He's just like I feel like when uh, Ja comes back, everything. I mean, this it, can things start working out? Even they don't have the size down low. Even though they don't have the size down low, but there will be some roster. There has to be some roster changes, uh, moves made because when Ja comes back, you know, uh, Bismack has to leave unless something changes because Bismack on here because of Ja's suspension. So there will be some. There will be some moves made come Friday, Saturday, Sunday of next week. This week. Well, we got to. Uh, I don't know look. what the move is going to be. Somebody's going to be very upset come uh, come Sunday or Monday of next week. All right, you got to know, man. LeBron James and the Lakers won the inaugural in season championship in Plastic Man. Forty points, twenty rebounds, played really damn good. Um, what did you think about the tournament? Man, you know what? I actually liked the in season tournament because what it did, did is it brought a little bit more attention to the NBA versus going, you know, waiting to the the Christmas Day because. Some people don't even get into the NBA until Christmas Day. 
and some people don't even get the NBA into uh, you know to the All Star game. But it brought a lot of uh, eyes to the court, and you know, going to Vegas. Who's who's not gonna want to go to Vegas? And it just it was nice, man. It was just different. It was nice. You know, it brought some meaning to some Tuesday night meaningless games. So I, I, I like the in-season tournament. It was really nice, in my opinion. The last uh, thing I was going to mention about it, though, um, dude, Zion, man, is uh, like he looked – I mean, they got – the Pelicans got beat so bad it wasn't even funny. Did they just go out there because they wanted to play in Vegas and not care about the cash? Man, that's a difference of $300,000, man. If you go in the game – They didn't even game. show up, man. That was embarrassing. Right. You you know you know it's a sometimes it's a pride factor because you you come to try to put yourself as one of the better teams in the West and you playing against the Lakers you know the the media's darling if you go out there and just compete against them you you show them that you can play against them then if you go out there and just let an egg like that come on man why why are you even there why are you even there because that's crazy it was crazy it was crazy man tell everybody what you're working on this week and where you're gonna be. Uh, this week, man, it's going to be a whole lot of basketball. You got three Grizzlies uh, games this week, and you got the Tigers on Saturday. So it's going to be a fun thing to do, and hopefully we're going to get some uh, some news on Brown, and maybe we can get some news on Mikey Williams because the semester is over with, and hopefully the administration will let us know what they're going to do with Mikey Williams this week. Uh-oh, uh-oh. You better let me know as soon as you do, my friend. <laughs> All right. We'll do that. All right, dude. Do me a favor, everybody. Check him out at the new Tri-State Defender. Check him out every single Monday right here. Follow him at TerryD515. Terry, be blessed, my friend. Talk to you later. Have a good week. Man, that is Terry D. We're going to take a quick timeout. Do want to remind you one thing, though. Top Gun Memphis this Thursday. I'm going to be there 11 to 1. Come out there. The shooting lanes will be free. You just pay for the ammo. If you need to rent a gun, you can. Or bring your gun out there. Bing, bang, boom. Hop in there and shoot with me. Plus, go ahead and get your uh, Christmas shopping done out there. Buy the ultimate Christmas gift. The fully automatic machine gun package for only $89. Three different machine guns, ammo, range safety officer, and a shooting lane. All just for $89. See you this Thursday. Top Gun Memphis out on Witten Road. We also are going to be giving away some Liberty Bowl tickets, so come out there and join me at Top Gun, and don't forget to go to TopGunMemphis.com. You can buy this gift right there, right now. Try it, shoot it, buy it. Top Gun Memphis. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. We are real sports talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio, hanging out with Bryant Dacus. It is a beautiful Monday in the Mid-South, and sports fans everywhere should be happy, especially Tiger fans. Tiger fans took care of business. Tiger fans did not did take care of business. They got to take care of business coming out Saturday to Clemson. But the Tigers took care of business yesterday down at uh, College Station. They dropped Texas A&M's face. It was a beautiful game. 
Tigers have won two games on the road since losing uh, two games in a row. Villanova and Ole Miss. Tiger basketball looking pretty good. Three games at home all before Christmas. It's going to be big. Clemson, Virginia, and Vanderbilt. So get ready, Tiger fans. Now, we also have uh, two NFL games tonight. you got the Titans and the Dolphins and also the Packers and the Jets. Tonight, though, we're going to be covering the uh, Titans at the Dolphins game at 7 o'clock. If you can't be around your TV and you need to listen to that bad boy, we are your home for the NFL. On the other side... We got to break down a ton of stuff. We got to talk a lot about the NFL. Dak Prescott, the Cowboys, 49ers. Have these two teams, these, these two teams passed now the Eagles? Looks like it right now, but we still have a lot of football to play. Also going to talk a little bit about um, some funny stuff. I got Hardenwood at 1230. And let me just tell you a little something. We got some funny stories, but I saw a very funny thing this morning. I caught Rex Ryan making fun of himself and his toe fetish. Good for Rex Ryan. You know, like when you own your funnies, like like that is awesome. And today he he starts to talk about the whole Kadarius Tony situation. And Ryan Clark and him are kind of cutting it up and they're talking about how stupid it was for Tony. You know, all you have to do is look down the line and all these really, really damn funny things. And Rex Ryan says you know I like toes. Mm. I don't like this this toe. And then Ryan Clark came back to him and said, "Contarius Tony, if you turn Rex Ryan against feet, you're a bad wow. man." How about that? Just owning his foot fetish right there. Good for him. Is that the best thing to do? Like when you get busted or something? Like Jeffrey Tobin? Should he just be like, just call me Slappy? Yeah. Do you know who Tobin is? No. He's the guy who um, it was a CNN um. Uh, yeah, yeah, person. I, I don't, I don't, I know who you're talking about. That's why we would call him Spanky. Yeah, thank you, thank you. He's the one who had the uh-huh. issue with the Zoom call where everybody yeah. learned about the mute button, mm-hmm. minimize, and actually mm-hmm. closing out your screen thanks to Jeffrey Tobin. Yeah, thank you, John. <laughs> well, oh, Jeffrey. <laughs> anyway, uh, we got a lot of NFL. We got hardwood because it feels so good. You got Grizzlies tonight against the Mavs, two NFL games. We got a lot to break down on the other side. Did want to remind you, though. Are you hungry? Lunchtime, 12 o'clock. It's 12 o'clock right now. Central Barbecue, doesn't that sound good? (laughs) Yeah, it does. There's also a location by you no matter where you are. I'm telling you, they got you covered downtown. They got the OG on Central. They got you in the north over here on Summer. They got you out east on Poplar. And now they got you in South Haven in Mississippi. Central Barbecue, where smoke is their sauce. They are cooking those ribs, that pork shoulder. They have the barbecue nachos, the wings, the sausage, cheese plates, the turnip greens. I'm telling you, when you think a little bit of barbecue, the only place to think is Central Barbecue. Again, five great locations. And you can go to eatcbq.com. You can ship that barbecue anywhere in the world. Talk about a good Christmas gift. Send a little Memphis. Send a little Central Barbecue to someone you love. We're going to take a quick timeout. It's the NFL on the other side. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. See you on the dark side. 